This is a Spirit Radio podcast. On Spirit Radio, my name is Richie G. It's Ireland's Positive Sound, and welcome into the programme. Tonight, uh, well, well, tonight is a special programme because joining me in the studio is Fiona, and online from the UK is Claire Musters. Claire. Can you hear me? I can hear you. That's fine. <laughs> Claire, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Because no tonight uh, we're talking about, well, a subject of, you know, so often uh, the church has been accused of a place full of kind of like hypocrites, which I think is a bit unfair, really, because it's a pretty nice, not a nice accusation. But I guess these kind of statements often come from deep hurts or wounds that often stem from our childhood, which in turn causes us to put on masks of protection, hiding from the view, the real you. Mm. And uh, so this is kind of really the subject tonight. And what uh, then does it take to know the healing that we need to be fully real with ourselves and with others? And uh, tonight, joining in with the conversation is Claire Musters, author of a new book, taking off the mask. Uh, well, I have to say, Claire, um, you unpack from your own perspective what you have learned on your own life journey, and yes. it really is real, open and honest, and that's what I love about the book. So, Thank Claire, you. welcome to the programme tonight. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. It's uh, brilliant, brilliant to have you, and uh, Fiona, welcome Hi, yourself Claire, as well. Hi, lovely to talk. Hi. Oh, you're very quiet. Oh, hey, that's because <laughs> you're on the microphone I didn't expect. No, that's, you can stay on that microphone, that's great. <laughs> Hi, Claire, lovely to talk to you tonight. Oh, that's great. Thanks I can hear you now. <laughs> Thank you. Stuff. So, uh, so that's the conversation tonight. And we're kicking off with the question, uh, just throwing out to, to you at home, to us here in the studio. Why is it so hard to be real in today's society that taking off the mask is so difficult? We're going to unpack that question as we go through, hopefully, with yourself, Claire. Spirit. Tonight we are talking about taking off the mask and uh, and what that means and what that entails. Because, uh, well, because we all kind of, I think, have masks. Oh, we do, and definitely, a, yes. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about what it what it is, uh, like how we use masks to protect ourselves and what does that mean. But I'm joined by author of uh, a new book, uh, uh, Claire Musters, um, speaking really from your personal experiences. And that's what I love about your book, Claire, is uh, you discover your own mask and that has obviously led you to write the book. Wouldn't that not be true to say? Yes, um, my own experiences of, it's probably about 16 years ago now that I first discovered my masking. God's been kind of teaching me about this subject ever since a particularly painful episode in my own life. So I've been on a journey for quite a few years now and he's been teaching me different reasons why we wear masks and how we can be free of them. So that's really what um, the subject of my book's all about. But yeah, it has come out of personal experience. Yeah, yeah. and that is so obvious as you, as you read the book. And uh, okay, so let's continue with the discussion. Because I first would like us to consider the question of what is a mask and why do we wear them? Because uh, as I was kind of thinking about as I was kind of reading the book, um, we're obviously bombarded in the media with expectations of how to behave and largely we connect that with a sense, I think, of belonging and acceptance that if we don't match up, then we're kind of in trouble and we feel kind of guilty and all that kind of stuff. And I have to say, Claire, reading your book, it certainly struck me that how even growing up the mask Masks. I know my own personal experience I wore and through the grace of God today helps me to uncover. Uh, though I guess, though, so often in new situations when we feel insecure, we can all 
too easily put them back on. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. But is this not a form of self-protection? I think that's one of my my, my first kind of questions. Is yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think it can be. And even I'm quite a shy person. I actually talk about the fact that actually our personalities also affect the way that we wear masks as well. And I'm actually quite an introvert um, and I'm quite shy. And I can find when I go into a new situation that actually I can behave in a different way. Um, and that is, it is a form of protection for yourself until you feel a bit more relaxed. Um, but I, I think you're absolutely right. It goes right from um, those first um, interactions we had with our caregivers, whether they were parents or um, grandparents or whatever. Um, and they taught us the way to behave and what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. And actually, we get the same messages, as you say, through media, through colleagues. Um, and we're, we're all searching for the same things, that love and acceptance um, and to that sense of security. But our culture has very strong ideas about what that means and what we should look like, what we should um, say, what we should think. And even though it's, it's kind of a post-truth society, there are still very strong messages about um, how we should portray ourselves and how we should be. And that affects the way that we behave. And we do hide parts of ourselves in, in different society. Um, and we can, we can hide different bits of ourselves with different people as well, which is quite interesting. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's kind of interesting you kind of mentioned there about kind of upbringing and cultures, because I think that's something that struck me in your book, actually. You talk about the culture effect. And uh, I suppose an example that I can think of um, in my kind of early days when I started a new job, you want to impress the boss. So you've got the culture of uh, culture of your new workplace to actually kind of kind of impress your boss and not to do anything wrong and that he kind of looks at you so you're showing your best side I guess going for an interview is you kind of wear maybe naturally maybe wear a mask at an interview where maybe really the interviewer wants to know our real self yeah, and actually that was really quite interesting for me because I've just taken a new position. I've been a freelance writer and speaker for years and I'm usually based at home, but I've recently become um, Premier Christianity Magazine's freelance news and features journalist and it necessitates going into the office a few days a week, which is a huge change for me. Um, and that was quite interesting going for the interview and starting the job. And as you say, you're trying to project your best self. But what was so refreshing when I went for that interview is actually they wanted to talk about me, how I came to faith and actually an awful lot about the, what was going on in the book because the book was about to be published and that was fantastic so they actually did get me warts and all because I was talking about the story that's in my book <laughs> um, but you're, it's, you're right and, but also conversely if you're in a situation where you're a boss you kind of have to project a persona um, in a way because you've got to you've got to be in charge uh, people are looking to you and actually you can find that you slip on that persona and actually find it very difficult to take that off when you're on your downtime um, and I talk in the book about um, having experiences with people who are quite high up in business and they start um, talking to groups of people in church in the same way and it, it has an adverse effect because we're all just we're supposed to be family we're supposed to just be loving and caring of one another and if you're kind of talking to people in a way that you're trying to get them to do something your your way it kind of gets their backs up because it's not appropriate for that situation so that's quite interesting as well I mean it's interesting you kind of mentioned that about the whole thing about the boss and stuff like that because kind of it kind of really leads into the whole area that we put on our masks as well because in that kind of situation maybe there's that 
that fear of rejection and yeah. uh, fear of what others might think. I know I've kind of suffered for that in the past. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I think that that's the thing that's really sad about um, and but, but is quite often what's behind it when we go to church because, um, and that's the thing that I, my starting point is actually church is supposed to be that place yes. of love, acceptance, where we find that freedom that we've got in Christ. But so often we can get to the door and, and this happened to me many times, you go in and you, you look around and you think, oh my goodness, every, everybody else has got everything together and you immediately kind of shut down that part of you that actually probably needed to come for healing, needed to come hmm. and open up to people um, and so, well, I can't talk about that because everybody else is fine, but actually you're only seeing their outward projection. You don't know what's going on in their lives. You have no idea whether they argued with their husband or, or their kids or their friend on the way to church, mm-hmm. what attitudes they've had during the week, what struggles they've had. You've no idea, but you're actually comparing yourself and all the turmoil that you've had inside with an outward um, just glance at somebody else. Um, and that can cause us to wear masks and, and hide our true selves in one another. And that's just the place where we should be reaching out. Yes, I suppose there's an element there as well, isn't there, of uh, actually how we judge others or perceive others. Yeah. Uh, because actually, I often say actually, like when I'm, I know when I, um, uh, a, 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 a pastor friend uh, years ago actually said to me, when you're preaching in church or when you're sharing in church, don't look at people's faces because <laughs> if you read too much into that, you might get a bit of, well, they're not interested kind of thing. And it's uh, it's kind of a dangerous thing. Yeah, um, Fiona, did you have something you wanted to bring in there? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, Claire, do you think wearing a mask is contagious? Like when you take off your mask, do you find other people are more open and receptive to you and they take Absolutely. off their masks yes. and vice versa? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you, you can set the tone of a room by the way that you behave um, and I found that um, my husband's now a pastor I mean if we talk about my backstory you'll find that you'll see that that's quite a long journey for us to get to get there um, and I lead worship in church and time after time I've found since my own experience that God has kind of whispered to me and say you need to go up and tell people about this that you've been struggling with and what I've been showing you and I'm just like really do I really need to go and be that open and honest in front of the whole congregation that's actually really difficult yeah, yeah. but every time I've done it the amount of people who've come up to me and like the first time I preached alongside my husband I was very honest about how some of the things I'd struggled with when he first became leader of the church um, and I had so many people come up to me particularly women afterwards and say, because you've shared that, I just I feel like I've now been given permission to be honest about how I'm feeling, um, and I definitely think um, you, it, even if you just open up a little crack, all of a sudden there's kind of shared experiences. I've, I've found that in just in the last couple of weeks with some groups that I've had in our house, and as soon as somebody's opened up and shared, loads of other people say, "Well, I've experienced that, and this is how God's helped me," and and it says. It's just those moments of of honesty and vulnerability that actually it's shared human experience and and too often we keep closed about that and if we keep closed then those around us keep closed too. Yes, it's so hard to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. It is. I mean, you do. I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about this. You do need to yeah. do it in an atmosphere of trust, where you you know yeah. that yeah. people aren't going to take what you said and go away and gossip about it. Yes. But um, once you've got that place, it's just so beautiful when you see how people can open up and you you reach a, such a deeper level of friendship as well, which mm-hmm. is so good for all of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I found that in myself. It's so true. And we want to hear more of your story, Claire, as well. And I really want to come on to, before we kind of hear more of that more of that story. I think 
Greenwood could probably come into that because I wanted to actually the, the whole thing about um, coming into that area when so often the mask that we take on it becomes our identity I know reading yeah. your backstory uh, that is true for yourself because yeah. uh, in your book you talk about as well which I actually found quite fascinating the inner critical voice you know the one that kind of sets itself up and causes us to protect one's ourself reinforcing identity in the mask that we use to protect ourselves I think is something which is uh, fascinating and I know actually as I was reading that whole thing uh, I wanted to come on and I wanted to talk about that. Spirit Radio's Catch Up and tonight we're talking about why is it so hard to be real in today's society that taking off the mask is so difficult. And we'll continue our conversation uh, with Claire on Claire's new book, um, Taking Off the Mask, which is a real in-depth approach to understanding uh, how we take off our mask and uh, some of the processes that we can go through. And we want to kind of move on with Claire. The whole kind of question, actually, when the mask becomes our identity, because I was kind of fascinated, actually, as I was reading the book, and uh, Clay, you mentioned uh, something about uh, the inner critical voice, you know, and mm. uh, and it's kind of fascinating because it's it kind of does set itself up uh, through maybe growing up uh, through different things that happen uh, and reinforces our identity, and often I think it's probably used to protect ourselves. So, yeah. taking off the mask. Um, well, you know what I have to say. I have to bring in here because I'm so grateful to the fact that when Jesus invites us to follow Him. He doesn't say, uh, get your life sorted out and come and follow me and then come and follow me. Instead, he says, come and follow me and then let's work it out together. And mm-hmm. I think there's such a release in that. Um, yeah. uh, so, uh, so um, and I, I guess really the whole critical voice thing, uh, is it about mindsets as well? I mean, Jesus did say, after all, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, then you will know God's, what God's will is. And in Christ, you are a new creation. So uh, the critical inner voice, uh, is it? Uh, uh, what, what about this inner critical voice, especially received by the negative ones? H- how does it relate to you, Claire? Uh, tell us more well, about Well, I think um, early on in childhood, we, as I said, we receive messages from our caregivers about what's acceptable and what's not. Um, and we take on board all of those messages and unfortunately we internalise those and it is unfortunately the negative ones that speak the loudest um, and those are the ones that um, we remember Um, and in a way our inner critical voice is trying to protect us it's seeing the way that we've been responded to in the past and so it's saying those messages to us to try and get us to behave in a certain way so that we don't get rejected so it's doing that job almost like a muscle you need to behave like this you need to do this otherwise you won't be accepted by people Um, but it can go into overdrive and that's when it becomes really harmful um, and, I, and I think that can really affect our identity and really affect the way that we behave when we're other people. Um, you talk, um, yeah, you talk about um, in your book the, your your own life and just how you came through, um, uh, you know, through, through kind of growing up and, and it kind of it kind of affected your whole marriage and relationships. Uh, how maybe what was the the, the critical inner voice saying to you to uh, protect you maybe from? kind of things or as it were um i think as i was growing up there was a lot of um 
messages about being worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, mean, I can still remember um, when I was on the sidelines in PE lessons and that horrible time where everybody was being picked and, every, and it went down, down, down until it was just me um, and one other person and I kept being picked last. And I was never great at PE, but I was never awful. But the message that I was given was that I was a reject, that nobody wanted me, that I just had to end up being on a team because they had to have me. And that kind of fed me. And when I was a teenager, I really struggled with a sense of self-worth. And I think part of those childhood experiences um, brought that um, message to me. I also think um, my parents split up when I was very young. Um, and I've, I've grown up with an incredibly loving stepfather um, who I call my dad. Um, but when I, be- when I became a teenager and we moved back to be near my um, uh, my, my real dad, I actually my biological dad, I've, I was very confused about fatherhood. Mm. Um, and it brought the whole issues up again. I was like, well, and, and the whole feeling worthless. Um, it was that message that came through the loudest for me. Um, and... I mean, there, there were loads of other things that happened um, in my relationship and in my marriage. Um, and the message I kept getting was that I had to be, I had to look perfect, I had to be perfect, and I just had to be strong because all this other stuff was going on, but I had to protect, protect myself and project this image to everybody else that I could do it all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can certainly relate to that, Claire. I mean, I, I just as I was when I was reading uh, your book uh, personally, it kind of reminded me of just those times. I mean, relate to the whole thing about sport at school because uh, I mean, I was always picked last. I was kind of rubbish at sport, or so it was perceived. And uh, so, actually, my, I guess I guess it was my critical inner voice saying to me, actually, don't do sport. Yeah. You know, uh, to protect yourself. Yeah. Um, it puts so much pressure on us, though. You know, yeah. that, that that inner voice, it really puts pressure on us. I have to yeah. say, it does. I mean, I have to say, I, I never forget a time as well, and I guess this is us also part of overcoming that negative aspect of the mask that we put on to protect ourselves when it comes to the, the, that critical voice. Because I'll never forget a time, actually, um, in uh, secondary school, uh, doing cross-country, and uh, everybody assumed that I was going to be last. I had to do I was going to be last. I said to myself, okay, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm not going to be last. And I wasn't last. And I guess that's part of maybe overcoming that voice. Yeah, although even if you hadn't done that and you'd still become, yes, you'd still come last, there was nothing wrong with you. No, exactly. And it's, it's that message that... Um, yeah, the way people perceive us and the way we're responded to. And I, I actually think, I mean, I've got um, children, one's still in primary school, one's just started secondary school. And it's just, it's a whole way that um, teachers and peers have responded to them as well that has made me really think about it. And my daughter is incredibly like me um, and she's very shy until she feels uh, at home somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's made me really, it's got me quite annoyed sometimes because every single she's incredibly academic and failed through that side of things at school but every teacher has said to us she doesn't speak up enough in class she needs to be more she needs to be yeah. louder and so actually in your classroom you've probably got half are probably introverts and you need to know how 
how to um, get onto their level and to bring the best out of them just as much as those kids that are making your life easy because they're putting their hands up all the time and I think our, our society is very much set up for extroverts yeah. I look at that in, in yeah, my that, book yes, yes that comes across quite quite uh, in a big way in your book um, big, and um, Susan Kane talks about it in her wonderful book Quiet and, and she says that actually some of the biggest um, people in business and that have achieved the most actually were, are introverts and it shouldn't matter the type of people we are but it is those messages that we get given from society you need to be like this in order to be successful and it's just not true and, and yet we internalise those the younger yeah. we get those messages Claire the more damage they do yeah absolutely yeah. So I guess we have to come on to the question of how we overcome those those voices. Um, I, was, I was as I was kind of reading a book. I was reminded as well of you know uh, how siblings can play a role, and comparing as well can be quite a dangerous yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And I, I just kind of remember that times uh, now, and I'm just so so grateful to the grace of God and how He's kind of kind of uh, like what healing I know to me but actually the, the whole thing about siblings and comparing and and because uh, I actually always remember growing up it always seemed that my brother was better me better at me than me than talking and speaking out and having an argument and actually that would always always cause me to be quiet and not say anything and uh, I'm kind of like realizing actually that no that's not what it's about I can have something to say um, mm. but it's kind of like I guess it's uh, rather than listening to that voice, what does the Bible say and what does it mean to maybe listen to that still small voice? Yeah, I mean, I, I talk about um, in the book at some point that actually, I think it's in the shame chapter, yeah. that there is a difference between um, shame and guilt. There's, there's a difference between our critical voice and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, and and he affirms us, he loves us, and yes, he does bring correction and he brings conviction, but that's to bring us into to a greater freedom. It's not to make us feel bad about ourselves. And so when we have that complete criticism constantly, that's not him, that's our inner critical voice. There is a difference between them. So, yeah, it's... it's it's actually like you I think you said earlier about being transformed by the renewing of your mind it's about and taking captive every thought and making obedient to Christ you think actually is this thought lining up with what it says in scripture and what the Holy Spirit whispers in our hearts is not going to be contrary to scripture but what our inner critical voice says to us quite possibly could be and that's where we can make a distinction and get to under understand and decipher which is coming from us and possibly some unhelpful um, um, comments and messages that we had in the past and what's coming from the Holy Spirit which will be helpful and help us to cultivate greater freedom. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, now, we, we need to take a break, surely, but I wanted to come back to this whole thing, how we uh, take o overcome and how we take over the mask, because I think that is so important as well. Um, and Because, uh, I mean, the hour is going by so quickly. Um, and uh, Okay, um, so when we come back, we want to talk about really how we overcome and uh, what does it mean to take off the mask? And I'm sure, Claire, you tell more of your story as mm. well. 
of yeah. what that has meant. Thanks for listening to Spirit Radio's Catch Up. Don't forget to subscribe online at spiritradio.ie for the latest updates. Yes, you're on Spirit Radio, and uh, my name is Richie, and with me is Fiona, and online is Claire Musters as well, author of Taking of the Mask. Uh, so Claire joins us on the line, and uh, we really want to come on to Taking Off the Mask, and uh, and uh, let's not firstly forget that all our life experiences, the things that happen to us, make us stronger. So right now, you may be feeling, oh, help, that's me, uh, but that's okay, because God, as I said at the beginning, didn't send Jesus with a big stick demanding that we follow him but as an invitation to better still uh, to come along uh, come follow him and he'll work out the rest with you so uh, Claire I love your openness I love the openness in your new book uh, tell us something about maybe something about your story and how that led you to uh, some of the tools to actually take off the mask like what you say there about Jesus inviting us and I talk in the book about how the fact that I think taking off the mask is I think God's usual um, approach with us is like peeling an onion and when we first begin to start taking off our mask it's bit by bit he's a real gentleman he doesn't push us with more than we can um, cope with um, but then it might be a few years down the line that he kind of shows us a way that we may have hidden ourselves again and coaxes us a bit more but for my, myself mine was a bit of a dramatic um, ripping off of my mask but it was from many years of ignoring what he was saying to me and I actually I, I intimated that my husband is our pastor now but um, I met him in our church youth group um, many many years ago um, and then went to university and he followed me up um, and we got engaged when I was at, college, at university and got married at the end of my second year but by that point he had um, become a record producer and worked around the clock he was in there six or seven days a week sometimes he would snatch a few hours under the recording desk but the sessions basically went on as long as the musicians wanted them to so we got married and then all of a sudden he disappeared Um, and so that really for me um, made me start wearing a victim mask that everything that was happening um, was happening to me I didn't take any responsibility for it I started a job in a publishing company and I was being fed that message from people that oh my goodness you're such a young bride and you've basically been abandoned and I lapped all of that up and I was like yeah actually this isn't my fault Um, but on the other side of things I was still going along to church I was still actively involved and while he couldn't be um, it made me put on um, a Mrs. Capable, I'm fine mask. Um, and we struggled along for quite a few years, um, and me having a bit of a, a breakdown once a year and saying I just can't carry on any longer. Um, but then we didn't really know what else to do. And one of my passions for to see us all being more open is because we looked around and thought, well, we can't possibly tell people how much we're struggling because everybody else looks like their lives are fine. And if only we'd realise that we're, people are seeing a positive facade from us, how many more of them are, are the same? And actually, if we just scratch beneath the surface, that, that we would see we're not alone. I think that's one of the big things is realising we're not alone. But actually, we carried on with our lives very much like this until we were actually part of a core team to start a new church. And it was at that point that I met somebody who seemed to understand exactly where I was where I was at. He was in a similar place in his marriage. Um, and uh, suddenly, it kind of came out of the blue, but he said to me, I'm leaving, will you come with me? And in that moment, I thought, well, I'm so unhappy, and we've just, real- just thought, well, this is what life is like, and I don't want my life to be like this. So I jumped ship 
and went with him um, and I kind of pinned all my hopes on him but it was within a couple of weeks he said I can't fight God anymore I've got to go back to my wife so there I was completely exposed felt like my mask had been completely ripped off my face and not only hurt my husband but the very small church community that we just started and of course they all knew about it and it was at that point um I actually rang my husband first of all which kind of was quite showing and the way he responded to me I, I've shared in the book really showed me both his love but Jesus' love for me in a fresh way and, and he, he came straight over to me um, and moved me down to my parents and I had a good few months of doing a lot of soul searching and f- trying to work out who I was because I just behaved in a way I never thought I was capable of but now my life was in tatters and I was like where what is my future and um, I go into more detail in my book but there was a, um, a lot of repentance a lot of counselling that we had and obviously we got back together and the experiences that we've had we now seem to help a lot of married couples a lot of people came to us not long after we got back together and they began sharing about their own experiences and their own struggles because obviously we'd had such a public unveiling of ours and yet it gave, as we said before it gave them permission to say well these are some people that have been through something they've obviously made it out the other side we can now start sharing with them um, and so that was the starting point of my journey and and at that point God said please I want you to stay as open and vulnerable as you are now which was hard to start with because it's then when I went back to church however loving and gracious they were to me after a little while I realized actually other people are wearing masks too and we need to get past that and that started our church community on that journey and as I said it's now been 15 years or so so yeah that's so fantastic to hear your story so um so Claire so tell us some some kind of really because we haven't got long left yeah okay <laughs> tell us some actually like how do we start that process what are some of the things that you have learned uh, through your, your the story which is really is so real uh, I do I do think that a lot of the reasons that we wear masks and we've talked about rejection we've talked about our upbringing um, with things like shame and disappointment a lot of those things are based in identity and where we get our sense of identity from if we're looking to others for approval rather than to God then we will we will be disappointed at times um, and so one of the first things I talk about is actually being completely sure it's a very simple thing but we all seem to struggle with it and it seems to be an ongoing battle and I think it's probably because it is such a key is just being totally sure of our identity in Christ and I think that is why feeding ourselves with the word of God feeding ourselves with what he says about us rather than the messages because we are as we said we are bombarded by messages all day every day via social media by billboards the news magazines everything uh, giving us quite often negative messages and we need the truth of God's word to actually get really embedded in our hearts and that needs regular feeding Um, and I mean social media is great um, but it also makes things quite instant and we can we can be kind of those instant feeders and if we don't get what we want quickly it can kind of turn us off and I think we, we need to get back to that training ourselves to bring in the word of God into our hearts every day to combat the lies that we are being fed so often. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean Claire, I mean, it's so uh, brilliant just to hear uh, that and it's such a real subject and of course uh, your book is widely available and I have 
to say is a real kind of open, easy read, but I love the way you've just put some little like uh, paragraph helpers as well. So uh, uh, just to help people kind of actually get healing themselves. But actually, as you mentioned as well, to have people, friends around you. And mm. uh, I think you mentioned in your book about knowing who you are and remembering yes. who you are as well is so important too. Absolutely. And having those supportive friends around you that, as, as I said earlier, that it's important that we do this vulnerability in um, uh, an atmosphere of trust. So it's not about just going and blabbing everything to everybody. It's, um, and I talk about having the model of Jesus. I mean, he had hundreds of people following him, but he gathered his 12 disciples, but he actually had three that were even closer. And that's a great model. We can't be in everybody's lives that much, but we can cultivate those close friendships with a few that we know we can be totally honest and transparent with. And we know that they will love us and care for us, but also challenge us as when we need that. And we can do that back to them as well. And that really helps us to keep that mask off and just be real with each other. Claire, we really are running out of time. We've got a minute, okay. just over a minute before we go to the news. So we need to wrap up this hour in just uh, just over a minute. Claire, we are pretty much out of time. Uh, uh, Fiona? So grateful to you, Claire. You're just, it's just wonderful listening to, your, to you and your story and the lessons oh, you have. You. Really, really blessing now to speak with you tonight. Yeah, and we... Thanks very much. And uh, yes, and Claire, we'll, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon and we'll make sure we put Lovely. this uh, whole uh, um, episode on podcast as well. Fantastic. So Thanks very much for having me. Spirit. Oh, my name is Richie G. It's uh, Late Night Chat on Spirit Radio. And with me is Fiona. And uh, last hour we had Claire Musters, author of the book Taking Off the Mask. And uh, let's just wrap up uh, that interview, just to recap a little bit of what uh, Claire talked about. Uh, it's super, I think, it's something that we all go through actually having masks and we talked about having those masks of protection and things that happen to us that we go through Uh, but I think know this I think it's important to know that God wants us to be free he wants us to have to walk in freedom and I think that is so important and we can all relate uh, to what has been said uh, a couple of text messages in uh, Fiona um, that, uh, that you might, might be able to yeah, a couple of texts in there uh, Richie so we have great topic as I'm sure most people can relate to or even write a book on same as for myself I was classed as the black sheep of our family and called thick dumb and stupid which I proved over the years that I'm quite the opposite and now they treat me different how did this come about by receiving Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. They mocked that too at the beginning of my walk with Jesus. Now they come to me for help. Once I found out who I was in Christ, I gained confidence and now I'm an evangelist for Christ. Love in Christ. And that's from Patricia Reed in Galway. Thank you so much, Patricia. That's just a beautiful, beautiful text. And, you know, I'm sorry that, that you did experience those things, but it's, it's wonderful that you share that with us because I'm sure many others have had similar uh, situations. We have a another text in there from Jude in Galway and uh, he says uh, my teacher always beat me and always said you're nothing, you have nothing and you'll be nothing uh, and depression lasts for 10 years can't shake it. Yeah. So you know... And, a, uh, yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's so true actually these things happen to us but there is a way you know and there's uh, there's kind of resources available, there's mm-hmm. uh, there's help available to kind of get us through and I think even in Bray and there's probably other places around the 
country as well um, uh, uh, the healing rooms for example Sozo uh, Bray uh, part of Bethel Sozo which is a great prayer resource where you can just go make an appointment and uh, they kind of pray uh, kind of like uh, it's, 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 a, it's praying God's Holy Spirit over you and just asking God to reveal stuff and actually allowing the healing to come to flow out and actually speaking out that healing as well is so important as well as a, a part of part of the process I think uh, the- I think it's important to remember, isn't it, that it is a process. Oh, absolutely. It is a process. You know, um, um, God didn't make us perfect (laughs) on on day one, you know. Actually, I think God did make us perfect, but then the fall has spoiled it. Okay, okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that's, uh, yeah, because what God makes is perfect. Okay, yeah. But um, spoiled by the fall, and the enemy tries to get in there and go like, you're not that good, are you? Oh, your inner critic. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yes, mm. indeed, as that as well. Um, so yes, yeah, so uh, but it's also important, Richie. Yeah. Uh, you know, as as our, our listeners have texted in there, uh, that we're not alone. We're not the only ones that have that inner critic. We're not the only ones that feel this way, and uh, acknowledging that, and then reaching out. Um, as Claire told us, you know, once you open your heart to others, they will then let down their own mask and open up to Absolutely. you. And, and that's wonderful to share that with and others. There's such freedom in that as well. Well, there we is. do um, let down our, uh, and let people see who, people for who we really are because that's after all that's humility mm-hmm. letting being known for who you really are but we can certainly all relate to some of the things that were said I mean particularly you know the teacher thing yeah. and, and even today uh, I remember actually once a teacher saying to me uh, I can't actually picture it like I was I think I was cutting out shapes or I was cutting a straight line to a piece of paper and uh, she said to me uh, what are you doing you can't cut in a straight line kind of thing and that's always stuck with me because every time I've actually like find myself cutting a straight line I think of what she said Mm. and I say no I'm not I don't don't receive that it it goes back to that saying that uh, the tongue has no bones but it's strong enough to break your heart we remember words can really hurt words can really hurt indeed indeed and uh, well let's um, I've got uh, something else because this actually will be my last show uh, on a Thursday night for a while I'm sure I'll be back in the new year um, because uh, yeah to fill in when needed uh, but it'll be my last show tonight uh, for uh, at night time uh, so don't cry too much I'll have a large box of yeah. Phoenix Spirit. so it's just time for my uh, closing thought you know what and wherever you are remember you know don't let your past dictate your future and remember that uh, God loves you uh, very much uh, warts and all and if you don't feel perfect right now well join the club you may have heard the phrase be patient with me God's not finished with me yet I say that regularly but day by day you are growing into a better better version of you he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion so don't give up running the race you're on Spirit Radio thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast don't miss out subscribe today find out how at spiritradio.ie